Long past the hour for quitting labor, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognized nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular Masons, irregular Masons, co-Masons, Canadian Masons, or Internet wannabe Masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. Don't be scared. I've done this before. Show me your teeth. Show me your teeth. Show me your teeth. Don't want no money. Cause shit's ugly. Just want your sex. Take a bite of my bad girl meat. Take a bite of me. Show me your teeth. Let me see your mean. Got no direction. I need direction. Just got my vamp. Take a bite of my bad girl This is After Lodge Harlan, and you're listening to episode 67 of the After Lodge podcast, brought to you from the smoke-filled back room of a local lodge in the foothills of Pennsylvania. I'm joined today by our handsome, worshipless producer, Bruce. What's up, gentlemen? Right, worshipful grand censor Bob. Hi, Bob. You're still an ass. Hey, Bob. <laughs> and of course, uh, filling in for our uh, esteemed colleague from the mountains, Jason, is uh, your friend and mine from the. Uh... That, that, that would be Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Always forget you're somewhere up there. All those states look alike. Tell <laughs> mm. uh, me about it. I think we're from the 51st state known as Canada. Oh. Oh, well, in that case, I'm hanging up now. All right. Um, yeah, so we are joined by the millennial Freemason, or Nick, of Nicker Buddy Bar fame. Uh, <laughs> Nick, do you, you care to introduce yourself for about 20 minutes or so? Let's, like, sure. Yeah, let's let's, uh, let's try like and keep it. Hold on. Let me get my wallet out real yeah, quick. That's what so Jason can, would want. I can make sure to get all my titles in, because uh, they're very important. Yes. So, we understand. Uh, <laughs> It's worth taking up time for. It's uh, yeah, Jason. Please Jason would want no less. Don't limit yourself. Make sure they're all there. So, so this is this is stretching time. Is that what this is called? No, no. Um, this is because <laughs> well, uh, proper introductions. Yeah, Jason's express wishes were that you be properly introduced. And if you want to go oh, all the way nice. back in your uh, life, well, life yeah. like if you were ever like a Boy Scout and you want to make sure that title's in there, you know, whatever. Just make sure you hit them all. Oh man, uh, that's that's crazy because I am an Eagle Scout. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Do it. This will teach him to get sick. Johnson, from the beautiful state of Minnesota. I am a past master of Corinthian Lodge number 67 in Farmington, Minnesota. Past high priest of Corinthian chapter number 33, Royal Archmasons, 
uh, illustrious master, Northfield Council number 12, Generalissimo of Faribault Commandery number 8, a member of the Royal Order of Scotland, uh, some AMD thing that I'm a junior warden in, uh, a sovereign college thing that I'm in, and uh, hold on, I do have to get my wallet out because I can't remember everything. <laughs> you may have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just write the checks, so I mean, that's that's really all it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So That's I don't know. It. I think you should really introduce yourself, uh, Arlen. Okay, because... I will. I will be doing that. We can't. We have to give honors where honors are due. Uh, I would like to introduce our esteemed colleague, Warshipless producer Bruce, who is currently Ooh. the junior warden of a small lodge in the foothills. You got it. Um, and he drives a Mustang. Yeah, it's really. I don't. I'm. I'm kind of a titleless person. We're gonna have to work on that. You got your checkbook? Uh, yeah, I'll get you a few before a fan we leave. Of titles. Yeah. Are you sure? They're they're fun. Like, for less than a grand, I could have you at least four before you leave tonight. <laughs> just give them to Nick. Can I pay for That's it? Actually just true. give Nick more? Um, all right, and then, of course, I'm After Lodge Harlan. I'm the secretary and past master of uh, Bruce Lodge, number awesome. Uh, I am the... It's the best lodge. Uh, grand Lodge Oompa Loompa for this part of my state. Um... I am the first sub-preceptor of the Council of Knights Kadosh of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Uh, I'm also a member of a local traditional observance lodge where I have taken up status as the junior steward for some reason unbeknownst to me. Um, I know I do other things. Oh, I'm a member of the, uh, of the Past Masters Society of Central R State. Um, <laughs> what else do I Man, have? How, how much flatulence is involved in that one? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, and let's not forget, uh, officer of the state courts, um, graduate of a prestigious state university that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, what else? What else? What else? You're forgetting your title for this show. Oh, right, which I will allow. Wait, I have a title Since in the show. Jason's not here. I, and I am. <laughs> The After Lodge sensation. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, I was I was getting to that later. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, as as uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jason uh, came down with a case of uh, was it leprosy or he got like six or seven <laughs> different diseases. I don't know. Yeah, it's they, pretty. They all hit him at once, and oh, I, I, I think we got to. I think uh-oh. I closed Nick. <laughs> Fantastic. <coughs> <coughs> I think I closed him. Oh, I did God. close him. Can you still hear we us? We got Nick? off the Nick. Nick. Are you there? Come back to I'm, us, I'm Nick. Here. Oh. oh. Oh, thank God. It's so dark in here. I don't know what to do. I Harlan, that's bad Harlan. Don't do that again. Ghosts. <laughs> I closed the, the wrong window. Uh, my apologies. Okay, I'm trying to get to Jason's uh, Jason's message for everybody. Yes, Jason uh, called and left us a message. I um, hope that you can hear this, Nick, because I don't... It had his will in it and everything. It, we don't sh- We don't think he's going to make it. You should be able to hear this. I'll give it a shot. At least we hope he's not. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah hit me. Hey, guys, it's Jason calling from what I can only assume is my deathbed. Can you hear it, Nick? I imagine Bruce and Harlan are still trying to figure out what cable goes to where, so you guys might get this show like... Three years from now. I'm a producer, son. I hope during the show you guys pay special attention to the meme I sent about not coming to lodge when you're sick. 
Bruce, I'm looking at you. Mm. Seriously, this is all your fault. Mm. Also, I can only assume that this is the start of the super flu, otherwise known as Captain Trips. I'm also glad that I have received it, because we all know I would wind up in Las Vegas with Randall Flagg. And while it would be fun for a while, ultimately I would pay the price. If for some reason, however, civilization goes on after my death, not sure why it would, I just want you two to know I hate both of you. We love you too, With buddy. a passion. Harlan, stay away from my wife. Bruce, this is all your fault. Mm-hmm. The listeners can find my tombstone, and upon it will be the first clue to the treasure that lies upon the top of Tracky Pike. Ah, f- Pikey Mountain. Later. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. He's not even here, and I have to write down edits. I know. Like, that's just making sure he's here in spirit. And I need to address that right, right, right off the bat, his accusation of me giving him typhoid or whatever he has. He said he got it for me when I came to Lodge, which was eight days ago. There's no way that it took him eight days to get sick. Meanwhile, nobody else in Lodge is sick. Harlan, who has the immune system of a newborn baby, is fine, and he's sick almost every show. I do feel pretty good today. You look fantastic. Yeah. Two words. I, I'm pretty Blue sure. Blue shot. Oh, that's that helps. I my wife works at a hospital, so uh, yeah, I had that. Is there a shot for the Black Plague? Because I think that's what he has. Uh, no, no, you just die. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So uh, you had to go and tell him that we hadn't done a show and well, weren't going to do a show because I had to mess with him a little bit because okay. he's been giving us a lot of grief. You know, he doesn't think we can handle it or whatever. I don't know what his whole thing is, but. You know, he messes with me. I got to mess with him. That's fair. So y'all want me to be Jason? I, I don't mind. I mean, I could just keep talking like this. Uh, that is what... Pikey Mountain. That is what we paid you for. Uh, you will be receiving a shipment of Canada Dry 10 uh, from our sponsors for your service on the show today. Harlan, are you the one who worked out the deal where we have to sell a thousand Knicker Buddy bars because he came on? Because no. that does not seem very Tread- fair for us. No? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh oh, well, yeah. trademark. That's what it is. Trademark. Mm. So, all right, got a branding. That's, right. that's the mm. secret here. Your royalty check is in the mail, Nick. I know some things about yes. some trademarks. I also know some things about other things. Uh, Nick, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> you're an attorney, correct? Sorta, of, kinda. Okay. <laughs> so, been so taken and received. Um, you are are filling in in Jason's proverbial chair this evening. Correct? Sure. So I, I think so. In your professional legal opinion, would you say that any promises that you make or things that you agree to while sitting in Jason's station would be would be binding upon him in our legal system? Would would you be discussing something called agency law? I, I would, because even though you don't have the actual authority from Jason, our listeners don't know that. It is apparent to them that you have it, which would be apparent authority. Mm. Nice. Agency law, ladies like and gentlemen. That. Agency law. So, so you can so. feel free to sign contracts with Canada Dry and otherwise pledge things to our listeners with impunity. All right. So from here on out, Nick is officially <laughs> Jason's agent. Done. Oh, perfect. Man, I'm like Ari Gold. I'm like 
I'm like all entourage and crap. There you, you know? go. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you decided no, to. Does he hang out with any naked women or anything like that, like on Entourage? Or? Um, he's been known to. Uh, Sweet. But, yeah. So uh, I appreciate you coming from the, uh, the Masonic Roundtable and uh, lowering yourself to sit as equals among us here in the After Lodge podcast. Well, yeah, I hope that doesn't make any of your I'm not gonna uh, lie, I'm... cohorts look down on you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, pff, you know, it's all good. I, I'm already, you know... I, I, I consider myself comic relief of some kind. I don't know. Maybe. Fantastic. Cause that's that's about enough, the biggest so. praise I would give Jason. Yeah. Well, no, when we hatched this idea <laughs> earlier, I was a little afraid that, uh, that, that you might not be willing to join us, uh, on the account of our, our internet reputations. Right. <laughs> uh, well, you let me introduce all the things I'm in. So that's, oh. that's all I needed. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds a lot like me. Uh, speaking of which, uh, for those of you in the Orlando area, uh, one week from tonight, that would be Monday the 20th, uh, I will be at Mocana Lodge, number 329, in the good city of Orlando, to observe a Master Mason degree, and being a visiting Grand Lodge Oompa Loompa from another state, I am sure I will have another opportunity to do an introduction just as long, and that's good enough reason for me to go all the way to Florida. You know we don't have many listeners in Florida. I, I know, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Just Somebody told us we've said some bad things about Florida in the past. I don't remember them. Uh, we did. Florida was the state that did the uh, the Grand Lodge edict about uh, yeah, no, unorthodox. I, I, I do actually remember okay. them. I was just I'm trying to play it off, Harlan. But go ahead sure. and just – you yeah. can say it again just to make the one we have leave. Well, if he's the one still listening, he's probably the one guy in Florida singing our song. He's like the secret Wiccan guy going out to the forests like, like the Masons used to meet. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his, his trip to Burning Man is going to be awesome now just because of us. So. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'll really be there. So if you're yeah. in the area and want to stop by, uh, I will say hello. And you can well, hang out I won't with the have, After Lodge Sensation. You will get to hang out with the After Lodge Sensation. Uh, I may even buy you a beer. Um, not that I'm desperate for friends or anything. <laughs> and uh, of course, you will solve the riddle to the ultimate puzzle of where am I from because my apron can't really hide it. So mm. if you were curious, I will share that secret with you Monday night. But you got to be there. Uh, I wonder if the brothers at Mocan are okay with me inviting the entire world to their lodge. Do they know you're coming? Yeah, they know I'm coming. Yeah, I don't but do know. they know you are I don't, coming? I, I've been there before. I always visit those guys when I'm in Orlando. Um so I don't know if they know about the podcast. I never – they are a younger bunch of guys. <laughs> I bet our one listener is the master down there. Hmm. The, uh, well, the past master. A uh, good German guy uh, like from actual Germany who still can't understand why he has to leave the lodge to have his beer after the meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Which would be a that's, – that's one of the topics that's not on our list of Jason stuff. It, it, it should have been. Uh Alcohol in the lodge. You guys drink in your lodges, Nick? Uh, well, you know we have a program that does allow us to do that. So when I was, see, I, I got to get, I got to get all warmed up because this is one of those back when I was in the east. <laughs> We're good with that. <laughs> but uh, we favorite. actually did that. We actually, yeah. And so you know, we actually had uh, in Minnesota, you can do a table lodge slash entered apprentice degree. And so what happens is, you know, you're you're in a tiled room doing an entered apprentice but at the same time you have tables 
all set up for a table lodge as well. And it's a fantastic program. We did it twice. We had all kinds of Grand Lodge officers there, and they thought it was the the coolest thing they'd ever seen. And, you know, it, it kind of cemented my place, at least for that year. And then they forgot about me, which is good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a, it was a really fun time. So I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? It sounds awesome. Well, you know what we think, right? Uh, we're mostly just poking at this cause Jason isn't here, but did you by chance have any, uh, I don't know, recovering alcoholics or guys that couldn't handle themselves who either got out of hand or chose not to participate because there would be alcohol. We do, in fact, have grape juice. So we have uh, whatever that sparkling grape juice is. We'll usually have something because, you know, obviously you gotta you got to watch out for that stuff. But as long as you have the proper insurance and the proper uh, 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 um, uh, liquor license, you're fine. I mean, so I, yeah, I've never really understood Jason's uh, uh, apprehension to the thing because, you know, I mean, essentially when, when masonry was, was started, it was started in taverns. And if we're starting in taverns, it's kind of safe to assume that drinking wasn't exactly, I don't know, a faux pas. Well, that would be a very modern innovation. So, yeah. you, so you're saying there hasn't been like crazy unruliness at, at, at your lodge because of that? Well, besides you. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Hmm. Well, yeah, but that's that's why my wife drives me home. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I think we got a little bit of a delay going on, which would exp- Okay. I was watching myself say things, yeah. and then Here, you respond to them like three seconds later. <laughs> let's see if uh, killing the video helps. It's the yeah. internet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to there. test this. Uh, it is currently nine thirty nine thirty eight Zulu. It's not Zulu though, because <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> how else do you test time? How do they do it with the space station? Zulu. Dang, I, I, I think we just Isn't say stuff Greenwich and then mean? we listen for his response. Yeah. Uh, at UTC. I guess we'll just we'll just go with it. Uh, it feels faster without yeah. the video. It could be our terrible DSL bandwidth here at the lodge. We are in the middle of nowhere, so our internet connection—it's uh, the best we can get, but it's not great. We don't get a strong yeah, signal yeah. way up here in the mountain. Nah. <laughs> uh, extrapolate that to the fact that we are all the way back in the lodge room using the wireless signal from a generic D-link that our ISP provided. Uh, yeah. Man. Doing the best we can. So, uh, when yeah. Yeah. when the Masonic lodges were started in these taverns where people were consuming alcohol, were those were those Templars by chance who were drinking said alcohol? I know that you, as a as a member of <laughs> the Commandery of Knights Templar, have wanted to chime in on this subject for a while, and now's your chance. Uh, let's see the, uh, the history of commandery. Holy smokes. This is going to be, this is going to be terrible, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's no actual connection. Sorry guys. I, I, I know I can just feel it. There, there are listeners right now, absolutely tearing up like Jason. by me saying that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I can hear him right now. Either that or it's a hacking cough. I, I, Wait. I can't tell the difference really, but, <laughs> but how would you know that? Cause um, you're clearly not high enough in the York right to, to know that that is true. I mean, I'm, I'm only in the, uh, Royal order of Scotland, which I don't know, somehow has, has a giant sword and is very exclusive. I don't know, but they did talk about them there a little bit or did they, I can't say, but can't, but I can, but I can't. So, 
yeah, I, there is no, <laughs> there's absolutely no, no connection. So, you know, frankly, if you ever talk to uh, Jason Mitchell, he's uh, pretty much one of the smartest guys I'll ever know. And, and essentially, if, if you want to know the real reason why the Templars are always talked about, the, the real reason is there was a guy named uh, Sir Ramsey. So his name was Chevalier Ramsey, and he was a Scottish guy. And he was out in France, and he said, hey, I want to talk about how the Masons are related to knights. Now, he didn't have any evidence of that. He just kind of made it up. And then it was taken over by this German dude uh, named uh, uh, Baron von Hunt, and he took that. That was a very Norwegian way of saying that name, I guess. But uh, uh, And he took that, and he uh, said, yeah. Let's make this happen. And then he talked about all these mysterious people that would talk to him and say, hey, uh, these guys are unknown superiors and all this other nonsense. But suffice it to say, no, there's there's absolutely no connection to Knights Templar and Freemasonry. Hmm. Well, that's a shame. But what about the York Rite Knights Templar? Uh, would you say that they are uh, – we do a lot of ripping on the on the York Rite around here. Um yeah. I'm sure that that's because none of us are York Rite Masons. Well, except for, you know, the whole Blue Lodge York Rite thing. But we're not members of the appendant body called the York Rite. Uh, have we have we said anything incorrect about them to this point? You know, I, I don't think you have. Uh, well, at least when it comes to, like, Royal Arch and, and Cryptic Council, the biggest thing about those is that uh, those are open to all master masons, and it, in my personal opinion, the uh, the chapter degrees are actually some of the most important degrees you'll ever receive as a mason. Just because when you're and and you know, I think the Royal Arch also appears in the Scottish Rite in some way. Uh, it does, but uh, yeah, and and you know, I you know, I don't know how Albert Pike uh, focused on that or, or anything like that, but. You know, for me, it's one of those that it actually fills in the, this. Essentially, what it does is it takes the themes that you end with on the Master Mason degree, and it completes them. Not in a way that you know completion where you know Master Mason ends and then you pick up and you're like, oh yeah, of course there were two parts. It's not like that, but it does complete the themes of of the 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 Master Mason degree. So, you know, I've always encouraged people to take that degree. Now, the other ones, cryptic, it's kind of nice, you know, because it kind of backdates everything in the Royal Arch and helps, you know, kind of understand that. But, you know, I don't know. Um, I would, but, you know, the big one, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was mentioning it's the 14th degree in the uh, Scottish Rite, um, the Lodge of Perfection that mimics the Royal Arch uh, mostly what Albert Pike had to say about it was how the Yorkite got the word terribly wrong, uh, which is in Morals and Dogma. <laughs> and like he rants on for pages about how that cannot be and our Yorkite brethren are misled. So you guys that are members of both organizations, I wonder how they reconcile that. <laughs> you know, that's a good question because like here in, Minis- in in Minnesota, the Minneapolis Valley confers all uh, 29 degrees in-house, you know, one or two degrees every week. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of Scottish Rite guys here that are also members of the uh, of the Royal Arch and the York Rite here. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how they're active in both. And I don't know if maybe, you know, they're just not really listening yeah, to they, that, that 14th degree. or Let's go you know. with that. Um, 
Yeah. I, mean, I have heard. I mean, a lot of people. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's that delay again. Um, I have heard yeah, that the no. Scottish Rite. Uh, well, I'm not a member of the York Rite. So from what I've gathered, the way that the Royal Arch degree is conferred around here, people tend to pay closer attention to that one because it's not done in the drama setting where you're sitting in an audience watching this incomprehensible thing take place. <laughs> yeah, you're a participant in in all the York Rite. That's its, that's its one clear advantage, in my opinion, is that, you know, unlike... Unlike the Scottish Rite, where you're a player, you're you're watching players, you know. In, instead, in the York Rite, it's essentially the same as as how your lodge degrees would function. So, you know, it's that's the one clear advantage it has. Now, obviously, the the disadvantages are also, you know, there's four different bodies all meeting at the, you know, four uh, three times a month plus your lodge meetings plus, you know, it can create quite a bit of conflicts in terms of you know dates and doing degree work and you know you're you're having a small group of guys having to confer not just the three lodge degrees but then also uh these let's see five plus three so the extra eight degrees that you're going to get in the york right and so you know obviously it takes a lot of manpower but it also has very small population that it's pulling from so yeah i uh i was for a long time contemplated uh taking the royal arch degree here in town uh, mostly because I know under the, I could be mistaken here, but under the system with the Grand Lodge of England, uh, you're not considered finished in their system until you've taken the Royal Arch. Uh, it, it may even yeah, be part of the Blue kind, Lodge. Yeah, it's kind of like this weird formulation. Their math, their math is kind of fuzzy, and so what they do is they say, you know, the ancient craft masonry is but three degrees, entered apprentice fellow craft and master mason including the supreme order of holy royal arch and so i mean you sit there and go well you said three but now you're saying four Maybe they've counted <laughs> so, it as part yeah, of the very, master mason yeah and you know i mean lawrence dermott who was the uh, grand secretary of uh, the ancients grand lodge and and to really understand how the royal arch functions the ancients were very focused on how important that particular degree was the work of a, a Mason um, so much so that uh, Lawrence Dermont, who was the grand secretary and also the grand uh, deputy grand master. So essentially the guy who ran the, the show felt it so, uh, so important that he called it the root, let's see, I'm trying to remember, root heart and marrow of masonry. And so for him, it was, a, it was wow. the focal point of all masonry. Um, and, you know, that was in clear, uh, a clear difference with the moderns, so the premier Grand Lodge, they were very much against that idea. They they thought all these side degrees were suspect at best, you know, essentially selling degrees, and so they really didn't. They they that that was one of their big issues, and so when they really created the when they merged the two Grand Lodges together, the premier Grand Lodge got what they wanted, which was a separate Grand Chapter of Royal Archmasons. But then they also got the uh, um, what the the ancients got what they wanted, which was the definition that the royal arch degree is a part of ancient craft masonry, and so that that was essentially one of the large merger uh, points that uh, had to be uh, reconciled for them to actually merge. All right. Well, the reason I didn't 
because um, I, I fully buy into like the importance of the Royal Arch to even the American system, but I didn't because of the pressure I was getting uh, from some of our senior ritualists around here at the time. And I quickly unraveled the reason they wanted me so desperately was to not so much confer the Royal Arch on me, but to confer the Royal Arch so I could then do degree work. Um, yeah. And I, that's what you were saying earlier about the small pool of people. So I went to the Scottish Rite instead, uh, not just for that reason, but because it's more aligned from what I could tell at the time with myself philosophically. But uh, it didn't do me any better. I ended up in the Scottish Rite and... Uh, Got elected while I wasn't present and also installed while not present into an eight-year progressive line in the Council of Knights Kadosh, of which I am five and a half years into. <laughs> so, Oh, man. I love masonry. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm lined up to be the master of Kadosh or not uh, lined up to be the, uh, the commander of the Council of Knights Kadosh. Uh, the end of this year and um you sound like you're well prepared i'm not and i can't i can't back out of it though because like the guys behind me in this line are there under similar circumstances right so if i if i bail then i'm throwing the guy that thought he had two more years to worry about this like straight into the fire yeah so i'm pressing forward in this more on his account than my own um what a guy (laughs) Although it may not be a nice. problem considering uh, the offensive things that we have apparently said about the Scottish Rite on this show. Hmm. Um, that was a long time ago. And they are well aware of, of yeah, who I yeah. am. Uh, they didn't know Jason so much because he's not a Scottish Rite Mason, but uh, our local Scottish Rite leadership is was very, uh, very quick to identify who I was. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, nice. So the problem may take care of itself, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it might. And then I can do it uh, guilt-free and then just say sorry to the next guy. Like, I was going to uh, do it. I really but, wanted uh... to, but they kicked me out. <laughs> Bummer. You know, I, I like how it's almost like you're, you're staying with it, kind of like a, a, a couple that's staying together for the kids. They're like, we've got to stay stay together for the kids. But once we're done, the divorce is happening. and <laughs> I see but, it as like he's, yeah, a, he's, he's a guy who wants to quit, but yeah. he wants to he needs to get fired instead so he can yeah. get the unemployment. That's, yeah, it's, it's like that's, that. That's how he's doing that. <laughs> so nobody can say that <laughs> nice. I let the guys down. <laughs> yeah. Harlan, yeah. you let the guys down. Well, you know, that's the thing is – yeah. Well, and that's the thing is kind of funny. When I was uh, – when I just joined Corinthian Chapter – I was maybe four months in, and all of a sudden, I had to go and pick up a table at J.C. Penney's. And uh, you know, I, I whatever. I was like, "Well, I got to miss a meeting, guys." So uh, you know, and it was elections. And so here's here's Nikki's advice: never miss elections, ever. <laughs> I was yeah. I was literally putting a table into my car. My cell phone is ringing, and I'm like, oh, "I'll just answer it after I'm done." Right? I put it in. I'm driving off, and I'm like, all right, I get home. I listen to the messages, and they're like, Nick, we're going to elect you to a position. Um, I hope you don't have any problems with that. But uh, <laughs> if you do, just call us back in five minutes. That was like 30 minutes after. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll just we'll just figure something out. But other than that, we're just going to elect you to a position. See you next month. I get in there. You know, everybody's clapping, high five. Woohoo! good job, Nick. Congratulations <laughs> on being excellent high priest. Like, thanks, guys. 
That's their way of saying that's what you get for not being there. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's what it yeah, was for me too. Um, I I wasn't there because it was holiday season and our Scottish Rite Valley meets at an inconvenient time and in an inconvenient place. Uh, not so much anymore because now I work like in the core of our downtown area, and so I can go there after work. But it sounds like a lot yeah. of unnecessary hassle. I think I'll just stay uh, a pendant body yeah. free for the time being. But you could be worshipless producer Bruce of the 32nd degree master of the royal secret oh man that's tempting Ooh. give him yeah. a petition right now uh, I have one uh, I actually have a stack of them <laughs> I hate the both of you <laughs> wait where did my seriously where are my petitions are you interested go? in joining the royal arch <laughs> where are my petitions oh no you you never have you always jason. have to have at least five on you no i keep them in the secretary the drawer jason because if you in our scottish right i think it's like that across the country <laughs> if you top line a petition of somebody that finally joins and writes a check you get your dues you get a sunshade no oh. you get your dues wave which is much cooler than a sunshade <laughs> nice. what uh, so no, a, a sunshade is literally right cooler now. how dare you <laughs> <laughs> so with your scottish right do they do a reunion or do they do like a full degree set or how no, does that work? We do um, – we have uh, three reunions a year, uh, one in the fall, one in the summer, one in the spring, uh, and they're they're all different. So like the one in the fall is a three-day reunion. It takes place a Friday, the following Friday, and then that Saturday. Uh, the one in the fall is probably the most complete. Uh, we – we still don't work all of the degrees. Uh, we started skipping uh, 21 through 25 a long time ago, which are the most patently offensive to fundamentalists. Um, <laughs> so those haven't been conferred here, uh, well, since I've been a member anyway. Wow. Uh, but we do, uh, we do confer uh, the key degrees. And so over the three days, I think we'll hit like uh, 12 of them. And then the others are conferred by lecture. So in between, while the stage crew is doing whatever it is they do, uh, the class director will take the class up to a lodge room in the Scottish Rite Temple, and there's like a slideshow, and, and they basically confer it that way. Uh, in the spring hmm. reunion, uh, there it's a one or it's two days. Uh, it's Friday and then Saturday morning. Uh, there are much fewer degrees conferred. I think there's like six or seven total. Um, and then the one in the summer, I think they just hit the four core ones because it's a weekend rally. So you can join the York, Rite, The Scottish, right. And the shrine all in three days, uh, for Woo-hoo. a substantial discount. So Yay. I think the Scottish <laughs> rights like the first half of Saturday and maybe Friday night or something. And the shrine has Sunday. And I think sure. the York, Rite Is the rest of Saturday. I- I've never been to that particular reunion. Uh, one of the other or, or one of the other valleys uh, comes into town because it's Orient wide, so they do mm. my part in the summer. Sure, that is incredible. Well, you know that's kind of interesting. Highly. Is now would you prefer having a reunion style or kind of because I'm kind of I you know I'm not a member of Minneapolis Valley. My grandpa was, but I'm not. And essentially, what they do is they have two degree cycles, and it's one or two degrees a week. So I mean, at the same time, you know, you're seeing everything. But it's also a huge production. So, I mean, do you think reunion is a good way to go, or do you? Uh, our reunions. I'm asking if worked better in in previous years. Uh, attendance keeps kind of diving on us. I I've never seen the rotating 
style. I, I feel like it would be better, but I do I do enjoy the reunions, or at least I used to, um, because they were massive productions. So you would have like a 60 to 100 uh, Mason class, and then we're conferring all these degrees over those three days, and so you're seeing all these Scottish Rite guys from across the state that you rarely see. Uh, and when they're not doing degrees, like people are hanging out by the robe room or we used to have a cigar lounge and there's just guys like all over the building, you know, like hanging out. It's a big reunion for three days with the big fancy dinners and uh, Grand Lodge dignitaries and, you know, of course, the cigar lounge. I'm kind of bitter about the city smoking law somehow applying to our Scottish Rite Temple. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, I do enjoy the reunion format. I, I often gripe about the Scottish Rite doing, you know, drive through degrees, but, uh, if we could do the reunion and also somehow do the degrees during the year and maybe the reunion just be a reunion or like every twice a year on that rotating system, I would imagine they do the 32nd degree, uh, just twice a year. Cause it's a big production. Maybe if the reunion sure. was just on those two nights where you do the 32nd degree, that, that could be a good balance in my mind too. But we don't have the people is what it comes down to here. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of what I've heard with, with everybody. I mean, Minnesota is kind of unique in that we have a, a centralized city and then a, a, a very a very small collection of, of kind of small cities that are, you know, 20 or 30,000 people. So, you know, I mean, they can essentially pull from, you know, a population, you know, of pretty much every Mason lives in the metro area here. So, you know, I guess it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, Minnesota is kind of crazy in that they have both a valley in Minneapolis and one in St. Paul, and literally both those valleys are eight miles apart. So, well, you know, it's kind of, it's there, you know, there's a lot of cross-pollination. And, is there? You know, I thought it would be really hard for them to get between one or the other, you know, since that bridge fell down. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, they slapped that bad boy up in one year. I mean, it was insane. Wow. I, I would watch it from uh, from my window, and they were they pretty much slapped up a bridge. That the first one took what, you know, five years. They slapped that one up in a year. So, so it was. Crazy. Crazy. This one's gonna fall down too, is what you're telling me. I shouldn't go to Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, well, there's other bridges. So, oh, are there? Because <laughs> like we live, we live all the way over over here in our part of the country, and so we just saw the national news coverage when that happened, and they made it sound like here were these twin cities that are now forever separated because their one lifeline is gone. Yeah, you know. We don't get a lot of people here. We're, we're kind of what's called flyover country. So, you know, a lot of people don't really understand just what we look like. So, um, no, yeah, we you can get you can get across. Maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe they knew the bridge was going to fall down, and that's why there's two valleys. That sounds like a conspiracy. It does. I think uh, the Masons blew up the bridge. <laughs> I disavow any any <laughs> of that statement. <laughs> did you did you have any financial gain from the loss of this bridge, Nick? Oh, I'm not a trial. No, no, nobody <laughs> nobody saying you are. Um, although the bounty might be. No, nah, I, I can't. Murder and treason. Murder and treason. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> speaking of conspiracy theories, love me some good Masonic conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, that was one of the topics we had on the 
business as usual whiteboard. Um, aptly named, I might add. Thank you. So, uh, the question I think you you did send the topics to Nick, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Nick, are there any yeah. conspiracy theories which you did not ascribe to? Ascribe, great. I'm talking like Jason. <laughs> that you did not subscribe to um, early on or prior to your membership in the craft that you may now entertain as at least plausible. Well, yeah, actually, interestingly enough, I do. I used to. I used to think that uh, Bohemian Grove, you know, which is a collection of politicians that go out into the woods and, I don't know, have some kind of weird parties or something like that. But I used to think that it was just some kind of hokey, nonsensical thing. But I'm starting to, as I read more and more about it, I'm starting to assume that there's actually a much more nefarious, uh, more nefarious activities or perhaps at least just conversations uh, when whenever they go out into the woods, you know, because that's just weird, you know. Well, I mean, our our brother Alex Jones uh, did a did a crazy. He's the guy that blew that place open. Like, what was it around two thousand one? That's a that's a verifiable you know, I, thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and you know that he uh, he also jumped over a fence that one time. You know, and he chased that dude around. I don't know what it was for. <laughs> Freemasons, maybe or something. Uh, I remember that. I was like, "Wow, this guy's really into it. He is, he is ready to go. He's but, he's very uh, entertaining." But no, that was a that was a piece of, of work he did. Like he snuck into the Bohemian Grove. Have, have you seen it? Uh, like all the footage he did. I, you don't. I I I've seen just little snippets, you know, because I, I Infowars is kind of like I don't know. It's hard for me to like stay it, entertained with it. It's 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 like bad weed is is what it is. It's yeah. uh, it's fun for a few minutes and then and then not so much. Hmm. <laughs> I better not. Yeah, you, you better not. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say though, I'm kind of disappointed by uh, this this conspiracy. I was kind of hoping we'd be talking about you know how the moon landing was fake and all the astronauts are masons. Oh, I'm not done. Yet. It was covered up. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a a laundry list of them. Uh, One of them would be uh, the impact that Freemasonry had in the early days of the American Republic. I used to kind of brush that off uh, until I've been a Mason for a while and also taken part in, you know, our legal system. Um, There's there's more to that historically. It's not not at all true anymore. Are you talking about Freemasonry as a whole, or yes, individual, like not okay. individual Masons, like Masonic lodges, controlling or not exercising an undue amount of influence in their local right. governments. Yeah, um, I think there there may have been more to that than I off I used to think, but it's hard to tell because today it's it's just not really true at all. Right, I say that in a lodge that had two sitting city council members and the mayor and. The chief of police. And, <laughs> never mind. Nice. Well, we, oh. we, we did kind of go through that whole anti-Masonic we, we did. period. Um, kind of cut the cut the legs out. We did. Uh, the other well, you one. Know, that, that's actually. Oh, sorry. But, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, okay. So talking about how, you know, we had all this influence in, uh, you know, government and all that stuff as Masons. It was kind of interesting. I was on uh, Eric Diamond's show, I think. I don't know. Well, at least I was interviewed, and we were discussing. You know, he he's trying to understand why, uh, um, 
you know, more, I don't know what you would call them, prominent members of society, you know, politicians, et cetera, are no longer joining the craft. And I just, you know, I, it was something I was, I'm still struggling to understand. One, is it, why do they not join the craft? And two, is that a good thing? So, uh, I think, I think it has a lot to do with uh, the nationalization of our political scene. So in, in the early American Republic, uh, government was much more local than it is now. And so if you join the lodge, there, there's some guys in your town that know that you're a Mason, but it's, you know, it's your town. Like everybody knows you. It, it was a little bit more difficult to just throw allegations of some kind of nefarious stuff going on. Cause you know, everybody knew the mayor. Uh, whereas now, you know, I, I, I've never even met the president of the United States. I've only met our, our, <laughs> our representative to the house like once. And so all we know about them is what we see on, on the internet and on television. So I think they're cognizant of joining something like Freemasonry could create a media nightmare. And the media is their only means of, of communicating to the base. Yeah. I think it's just got a lot to do with that. It, it's just image. Um, they they may yeah. actually want to because our craft tends to draw the same type of people, well, who used to find their way to prominent political offices. Uh, I don't know. You don't think? Uh, well, and, 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 sorry, go ahead, Nick. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say you don't think big money has anything to do with it now, like maybe it did back then. Um, it wasn't kind of a thing. Whereas today it's, it's the bottom line is, is the big corporations. That's where the money is. So that's kind of, who's going to have the biggest pull in government and Freemasonry has never really been about that. But you could argue that once upon a time, we were the largest moneyed interest aside from the Catholic church who we weren't on such great terms with at the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. We, we did have the money. Well, and, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, is that, you know, I mean, when you discuss things like, you know, our, our crumbling, essentially our crumbling infrastructure, us selling buildings and things like that, and, you know, not, not raising enough money to actually keep these things going, you know, I wonder if sometimes we have to start focusing on the more prominent members, you know, I, I know that sounds almost crass, but, you know, it's it's one of those that, we can only have low dues and you know no encouragement to donation for so long before we really have nothing left, no no buildings left to uh, to do anything. You know, if all of our lodges anything had else dues like Harlan wanted, we'd have the money. Well, you know, I've heard this story. There's nothing funny down that road. We're we're trying to piss off Jason, and it's going to work very well. You're right. You're right. You're right. Let Let's not just open that can. Um, but I've heard the story around here like a million times about. Uh, Back when back when I was secretary and we needed some money for something around this lodge, I had a list of 10 different brothers and I just called them. They write a check. Didn't matter how much it was, $3,000, $12,000, they just write a check. And I asked what happened to those guys and then uh, apparently they all left in the alcohol fight we had here a long time ago with the fish fry and hmm. people drinking while cooking fish. Ugh. So again, with the alcohol. So you're kind of the, indirectly the saying in the batter. The banning yeah. of alcohol is what led to our downfall. You know, I wasn't, but you I'll take make that, that argument. I'll take that. All right. Um especially when you consider uh like at least in our local <laughs> shrine, most of the wealthy masons we have spend a lot of their time with the shrine 
more so than their local lodge. And I'm saying that as a broad generalization without any numbers in front of me. It just seems that way. And there's a lot more to spend your money on in the shrine. Uh, mostly activities that involve consumptions of copious amounts of alcohol. That's a valid argument, and I can get behind that 100%. Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the other conspiracy theory would be uh, the classic William Morgan affair, since we're talking about the anti-Masonic era. Wrote that off when I joined. Don't so much anymore. That guy was dead long before that story ever hit the presses. Um, <laughs> have you have you read the uh, Morgan book that was written by uh, Stephen Defoe? I've read a couple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I, read is a strong word. Um, I skimmed over <laughs> it. Yeah, but that whole he went to Canada and and was released with a bag of money or, or all that crazy stuff you hear from the time. No, those guys got got a little overzealous in protecting their craft and, and, and they killed that guy. That's, um, I wouldn't condone that activity today, but, uh, yeah, that's one I've changed my views on since, since joining. Uh, and then of course the moon landing, which you keep steering us towards, uh, because the first astronauts were all Masons and they planted the Scottish right flag on the moon and so on. hundred percent true. All right. Um, I, I didn't buy that conspiracy theory of faking the moon landing before I became a Mason, and I have budged zero inches in that perspective. All right. So do you want to piss off Jason some more and say yes. I think Texas has uh, gone too far by claiming the moon as its territory? Well, I would, except uh, we, have, we have some brothers in Texas that kind of scare me a little, and I don't know if I want to do that. It's not on Jason's yeah, account. Yeah, that's a good point. You are going to meet them one day. <laughs> yeah, I go to Texas somewhat frequently. Uh, my my large, pretty much my, I just call them my employer because it's like my, basically my big billable client that I spend all of my time with. Um, their business office is in Dallas, so uh, I'm there nice. a lot and I don't need those guys, uh, you know, teaching me why I shouldn't mess with Texas. Because yeah. I will squeal a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've always thought it was kind of interesting, though. You know, it's one of those that I'd love to see a lodge actually be founded on Texas, uh, on uh, on the moon. I think that would be kind of would be kind of out of this world. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we could. Um, once upon a time, we were spending 1% of the federal budget on on NASA and space exploration. If we still spent 1% of the federal budget on space exploration, oh, man. there would be a Grand Lodge on the moon. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> but they'd suck up all the oxygen talking about uh, <laughs> the next pancake breakfast. <laughs> Back That's in my day, we didn't have lunar lodges. We had to flip our pancakes without artificial gravity. Do you know what it's like when that pancake starts floating away? <laughs> Forget this. I'm moving to Mars. In, oh, in zero great. gravity, you have to have an anti-flipper to flip the pancake back down. Oh, man. Oh, that, that's, that's true, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. If you don't flip it with so much force, I don't think it'll escape Mars's gravity. <clears throat> uh, 
I don't know. We I'm not ask physicist. NASA to figure that out for us. You know? We should. We do have a lot of insiders at NASA. Um, and since they don't have the money to do anything else, may as well set them to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I think we've, we've pretty much finished that topic, Harlan. Oh, I've got like three more hours yeah. worth. But uh, no, go ahead. We have so many more on the board. We do. This is a very crowded whiteboard. You like work I, extra I don't hard know why on this we put tonight. so many. Well, you know what? We had Nick on and, and Jason's not here. So yeah. it's like win-win. I don't, we might as well do the best, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. That is a packed board. What's, uh, what's your pleasure? Pick a topic. Uh, well, Nick is our guest. Um, would you like to, to spin the uh, whiteboard spinner? I mean, you know, you can't yeah, see you know, it, or I was, it, but uh, sure. It anyway. You know, I was interested the most about the uh, 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 the idea of ASL as a ritual language. You know, how do deaf masons join join a lodge? So oh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So this one, this one, we, uh, as you know, we talked about this on the After yeah. Lodge podcast a few we, episodes ago. We had, and then sure enough, turn around and there it is on Reddit. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? We are relevant. Boom. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about this after that show aired because uh, the guys here at the Lodge often carry our topics into the actual After Lodge. Um, one of the things that came up was was how you could do that. And I came up with the idea of the Oculus Rift of all <laughs> devices um, being used as a hoodwink so that you could just black it out and subtitle the ritual for hmm. the candidate. I like that. <laughs> and then at the appropriate, you'd have to work something out with like a camera feed or something. So at the appropriate time, you could just flip the switch. Um, but it could work except for that whole writing our ritual down. Maybe you'd need some kind of like text to speech thing. Well, I mean, going through the degrees, you're going to lose a lot of the mystique. Yeah. But, uh, that's where it fell apart was yeah. the text to speech thing because the way uh, the way a lot of degree work is done around here, the Google text to speech thing would choke or say something incredibly funny, and the guy would start cracking up laughing <laughs> right. and and just ruin the whole ceremony. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? Can you imagine how frightening? Can you imagine how frightening that would be to actually go through that degree work because <laughs> you literally have no audio cues throughout the entire uh, uh, the entirety of the degree. Yeah, but you've got the subtitles on the on the Oculus. Yeah, but the sounds well, are important. That's true. I don't you like if you just see you know gavel bang it <laughs> show up on your thing. You're like what what? Um, <laughs> now where I was a little disappointed huh. with with this particular topic was uh, guys were trying to come up with ways to to help suggest to this Grand Lodge how to work around this this particular candidate. Only to find out that he's barred from entering the craft under that jurisdiction's rules anyway, uh, because yeah. they require that you speak English clearly, audibly, and have the ability to hear, understand, mm. and speak it, which if you're deaf, you generally don't. Yeah. That's yeah. a bummer. They yeah. did it Here to keep in, in the Minnesota, Mexicans out. You, you're uh, in <laughs> Minnesota. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, this delay is killing me. Honestly, I want to just uh, call my ISP and say, "Hey, hey, 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 hey." Anyway, um, you know, I I would actually. It's kind of, you know, we were discussing on on the other show, um, the uh, the idea of one day classes, and I almost wonder if it would be one of those one of those times in which a 
one day class would be, you know, I don't know if that would be useful or, you know, I, I, at least in Minnesota, we, we make some, uh, um, what, what would you call it? Uh, reasonable accommodations for, for people, you know, as long as we can figure out what to do for anybody who has some kind of handicap. So, you know, I, I, I think it would actually be one of those few instances where one day or something like that would actually, you know, be appropriate. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to accommodate somebody who's deaf. You don't, your, your options are pretty limited. Either you have a signer or you, you have the words. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Fortunately for that jurisdiction, their own rules have excluded this potentially excellent Mason. Right. Um, I can't call them out by name. That was one of the no-nos that, that we got from our own Grand Lodge. So, uh, except for, except for Ohio, uh, we were granted an exception for that, as you remember, um, cause it's yes. Ohio. Right. Uh, hey, they deserve it. I don't know. Yeah. Don't yeah. Know. Wearing their aprons all funny. So what else do we have here, Bruce? Cause we are, uh, coming let's, up. Let's, uh, let's talk about the daughter of a 33rd degree. Oh. Wanting to join the OES, and she had issues because she runs a tattoo parlor. And she's half covered in tattoos. She didn't know, uh, she's pretty young. I think she said 24, maybe. She didn't know if she'd have issues joining the OES. And, you know, I don't know. What, what, what's your take? Um, well, the OES here, uh, at where I am... We have a number of of, of uh, younger women about my age that, you know, they they've got tattoos. It's just kind of the thing, you know, that that people our age are getting. So, yeah, we've got at at my uh, near uh, the OES that's that meets in my lodge. Yeah, they've got some of them have sleeve tattoos. Some of them have yeah. all kinds of different things. So you know, but obviously it's it's one of those just like joining a lodge. I remember we had a guy join and he had all kinds of tattoos and some of the older guys you kind of tell were like oh whoa there's a that, that's a lot of tattoos it's like yeah it's okay dude welcome to the 21st century right yeah i'm not as familiar with the eastern star i go to their installation every year uh and i work with some of their uh leadership to coordinate joint programs but that's that's about it uh, but I have heard from Jason that they did, at least at his time in the Eastern Star, had some severe prejudices against individuals with tattoos to the point of making them cover them up um, during their functions. <laughs> kind of hard to be picky in a time like this, right? <laughs> uh, that, that's kind of what I was thinking is the Eastern Star, like we have problems with the average age of the Masonic population continuing to skyrocket as our older members move on to the great beyond and younger guys are not replacing them as quickly, uh, I don't see that as so much of a problem as a return to normalcy. But the Eastern Star, that it's a problem. Like, at least here anyway, mm-hmm. it's a big problem. And, yeah, I, it's what Nick said. I, I wouldn't imagine they would be picky, but... Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I I would just say our our advice to her is is the same thing, it's same advice we give to a guy joining a chapter. Hold on, let me think of the right way to word this. <laughs> Basically, 
if that chapter has an issue with it, find another chapter. Yeah. Well, are there that many it's though? Exact silly thing to. It's not like lodges where there's one on every street for. corner. I mean, what 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 other option does she have? I, I don't know. I just I, is it easy to find an OES in most places? I don't know. You know, that's a good question because you know I've I've never really had you know a a crazy interest to join Star. You know, I mean, it's one mm-hmm. of those that maybe at some point they'll do it, but you know, I mean. My wife has no interest at all in joining Star, so it's it's one of those that if she's not really interested, you know, I'm not really interested either. Right. So, you know, I I know that one of them just merged now with with the one that meets in my lodge building, and so I mean, I can imagine they're probably merging at a far quicker pace than even lodges are at this point. Yeah, uh, my wife has the. Oh. How would I word this gently? She's assured me that if she is approached with an Eastern Star petition again, she'll burn the lodge down. Um, <laughs> and that's that's me sugarcoating it. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I know about the Eastern yeah. Star is to keep them away from my wife. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, they should get into magic because, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be walking, like, somewhere and all of a sudden – I'll pass by one and I'll feel in my pocket and I'll have another petition in there. I'll be like, man, how do they do that? It's amazing. Uh, it's like banjos. Well, and I, I don't think they've <laughs> figured out that we're we're Jewish and our Eastern Star chapter is uh, they they would be less than okay with that uh, by yeah. and large. And so, yet they keep asking, and I told my wife, just tell them that. Like, the next time they ask, just mention it, and then they'll never speak to you again, and then everything will be fine. <laughs> but she, she's yet to take that advice. Nice. Hmm. All right. Harlan. Yes, sir. Should the Grand Lodge work to increase public knowledge of Freemasonry? Well, that's a... That's an abstract phrasing, isn't it? Well, I was, I was trying to keep it as general as possible. Well, I mean, by, do you mean knowledge like that we exist or <laughs> knowledge in the form of publishing our degree work? No, 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 no. The first one. Or paying for public universities. Oh, <laughs> I probably should have read this one. <laughs> hey, uh, Nick, won't you open us Put up? Put a more public face on Freemasonry. <laughs> All right. Why don't you open this up and I'm I'm going to uh, – I'm just going to look at something real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the idea of like a, a public relations yeah. concept. Of, Not a campaign yeah. of any kind, but yeah. You know, it's – it's a du- double-edged sword, you know, because, you know, my lodge started a waffle breakfast. I'm getting into that again. During my year, uh, we started a waffle breakfast for scholarships, and uh, it was a it was a very big success. Not that I'm I'm bragging or anything like that, but it was successful. And it was kind of interesting, though, is we started this waffle breakfast, and it's in conjunction with a uh, one of the city festivals out here, and. Uh, this guy comes up to us. He's 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 a peddler of something. I'm not sure what. And he says, "Wow, what, what? So what's going on up there?" And I said, "Well, it's Masonic Lodge." And they said, "He goes, you know, I've been coming here for 35 years, and I had no idea that a Masonic Lodge existed in this town." Perfect. Now, of course, we have a giant square compass <laughs> right on the building. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, 
I mean, it was kind of interesting. Just the idea that, you know, I mean, we've we've faded into into non non existence, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily something we want to do. Well, we're doing a hell of a good job keeping the secrets. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that embroils a little bit of a uh, little bit of bitterness uh, with the with the men around here. Uh, our Grand Lodge made an effort to increase the craft's awareness of Freemasonry that uh, that went beyond the bounds of what's acceptable. I guess we'll just leave it at that. Um, sure. But as far as the Grand Lodge trying to be the PR face of Freemasonry, I don't know how, how great of an idea that really is. Because yeah. you got to think about... Well, I mean, outright, you're the just you're, you're just going to say no because yeah. not you specifically, but just a mason is is going to say no. But mm-hmm. it, at the same time, you know, there are a lot of guys out there who who would make awesome masons, and they're not here not because they disagree with what we do; they're just, for lack of a better word, ignorant. Yeah, and and yeah. we've we've got the big city fair coming up. Actually, both of them, since we do two of them in two different towns now, mm. uh, where. Our lodge always has a presence with local lodges doing that very thing, and I feel like that's the appropriate mechanism for doing that. Most of the issues yeah. that we in the After Lodge podcast find with Grand Lodges revolve around them trying to become the ultimate face or authority on what is the craft without understanding what the local lodges view it as. So you're saying well, it's, individual it's, lodges should have an increase. Right. Like, I don't need our lodge's doors being beat down with a bunch of guys who are trying to come into the craft with a terrible impression of, of what we do as our lodge because they saw some Grand Lodge commercial or billboard or attended some function. Because every lodge is so different. Well, that, oh, Nick keeps trying yeah. to chime in. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting as I come from, I, I'm pretty much the generation between what we have now, which is every lodge has a website. Grand lodges have, in my opinion, have gotten much, much better, at least on in terms of understanding how to use the internet. And, you know, when I joined, it was kind of interesting. My grandpa was uh, um, was my top line signer, but the, the thing about it was is that I had no idea that he was a Freemason at all. What happened was I was at Thanksgiving and I came in and I looked at his table and he had this letter from the grand encampment of the Knights Templar. And of course I'm sitting there going, grandpa, what, what are you getting correspondence from a dead knightly order from? And he's like, <laughs> you know, and yeah, it was just bizarre. And he just kind of laughs and says, well, well, Nick, I, I, I'm a Knights Templar. Of course I'm trying to shake that one off because it made no sense. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm a Freemason. And it's like I'd been looking for almost almost five years to join a lodge. And, you know, when I joined, it was the bad old days of the Internet, you know, with hard hats and shovels and things yeah. like that. And so I find my, gramp- my grandpa uh, uh, Simpson right there sitting there saying, yeah, I can sign your posi- petition. It's like, man, what? And so, you know, I think at least at least partially the – when I think of you know increasing the public knowledge of Freemasonry, my my real take is that websites good, but I completely agree with you, Harlan. Local is is much much better because Grand Lodge, for better or worse, is a hammer, 
and it's looking for nails. It's looking for very simple solutions to to problems, including at the local level. Right. So you know, sometimes it's good what they're doing, but sometimes they're just pounding in nails. Well, I and look so, at it. I mean, like, at least at a local level. Oh, this damn delay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I look at I it mean, like, uh, like well, the same way that I, I find problems with with the union here in the United States. The the idea that the more you centralize authority across a broader region, the more you end up with the lowest common denominator because that's all everyone can agree on. And so the Grand Lodge can't can't be the face of all the lot, especially in our state. I mean, we've got five lodges in our county, and they're each as different as lodges can be. Uh, as far as what they do, what their members are like, what their interests are, and, and how they view the craft and its purpose. And that's just within our one little county. Uh, granted, we're like the most active Masonic county in the state, and this is kind of like the hotbed of Freemasonry here, but the Grand Lodge couldn't represent us to the public just in one county. And we have a whole lot more than one county. So it's it's not that... It's not that I'm worried about them not being able to solve the problem as far as the men in there. It's just I don't think it can be done, and and it'll just lead to false impressions, and you'll have guys knocking on lodge doors with a completely wrong idea of the guys they're about to meet. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. A lodge, a local lodge out here will uh, had started has uh, reinstituted a tradition, and they've been doing it for the last three years now. And what we do is we actually, on St. John's Day, pick a house of worship, you know, and I don't know if, obviously this is one of those touchy subjects, but, you know, we all go in regalia, visit the visit the house of worship, attend whatever services, or just shaking hands, glad handing, taking a couple pictures, and then going back to the lodge. And, you know, it's one of those that, for a while, the lodge had been completely dead. Nobody, nobody even knew it existed. And I think... Once we started doing that, you know, once a year, now everybody kind of expects it, and they're waiting for the Masons to do their procession again because that's just what Masons do. They do this thing, and they march down the street, and, you know, and you know what it does is it helps with meeting all these different faith communities. You know, it's one of those that I think the Lodge is hoping to meet the local uh, local imam. They're hoping to meet, uh, um, see if there's a, there's a small uh, – uh, Jewish enclave down there and they're you know obviously at least with with the whole fact that it's St. John's Day it's kind of a little touchy but you know it's one of those that they're trying to at least interface somewhat with the religious communities down there just as a way to say hi yeah we're here we're masons we are here to help and whatever you need we'll uh, we'll provide it and it's one of those that just that small little act you know at the local level and they've already seen a far increase of what they used to have for uh, activity. So no, it's all local. I like that. Um, I've always been a proponent of St. John's Day here, as ironic as that may seem. Um, and I really like the whole, the proceeding and regalia and so on. I don't think that would ever fly here because uh, St. John's Day always seems to end up in some small local Baptist church. And it's usually a bunch of guys that are members of that church trying to get the rest of the lodge to come out. That being said, I do mm-hmm. attend St. John's Day services every year. Um, have yet to have one of the preachers call me out, so apparently uh, we cannot be smelled. 
Jason. <laughs> and um, he wouldn't know because he wouldn't step foot in a church, even for St. John's Day. Uh, but no, I, I, I've always pushed for that until the point where the guy that was doing it um, passed away on us and people were looking at me to do it. And, and as you could imagine, that's just that's not going to fly. It's a little weird. Um, I'm willing to attend, uh, organizing it with local churches, not so much. And I proposed one year that we uh, attend my synagogue for St. John's Day, which the rabbi was, he was all about it. Um, He's a member of, uh, what is it, Beit Dean or no? Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it, uh, what is it called? Why can't I think of it? Yeah. The the Jewish fraternity... um, that's very similar to what we do. Uh, but yeah, he was, yeah, he was all about it, it. And I just figured it wouldn't fly here. It would be me and Jason yeah. and, uh, Grand Center Bob, who's just there because Jason and I are there. So that's it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing is like, I, I, I'm actually working with, with a guy I know who's uh Jewish and we're trying to figure out, you know, maybe not do it for a St. John's, you know, technically on St. John's Day, but just someday and just, you know, vo- just visit in regalia because, you know, it's one of those that Freemasonry at at its at its very basic level requires a belief in a supreme being. Well, you have all these faith communities out there and, you know, essentially it's almost as if the fraternity and anything that has any kind of I don't know, any kind of smell even of a faith community. You know, it's like they're obsessed with keeping those separate. And it's like, I don't understand the real the real reason why, because, you know, it's one of those that so many of these members are members of these faith communities. There's no reason that they can't, you know, at least at the basic level, say, if you need help, we're here to help you. Yeah. Uh, I was doing some quick Googling. Uh Go it's, on. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Nye Brief, uh, International. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I would have never remembered that, and uh, it's not. It's I was surprised to learn that because it wasn't. It's not a popular thing here. Um, this isn't New York or Chicago, so uh, it's it's prominent amongst Orthodox Jews, and there just aren't a lot of those outside of New York or Chicago. Uh, especially not enough to support a fraternal organization that might have one in a hundred of them as members. Uh, not to backtrack on us. Right. So back to the topic, <laughs> Grand Lodge work to increase public knowledge. I, I think we're all saying no. Local Lodge should, and, and to yeah. a much greater de- degree, the individual Mason. They could help. You know, well, like yeah. providing monetary out of our way is how they can help. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, that's well, they have like the literature and resources and so on um, that we sorry, I got to write down your little uh oh, I semi censored myself. I yeah. think. you know, I thought we were going to get through one show, Bruce, one show. Well, we didn't because Jason <laughs> played it Jason's at the beginning. message. That's he true. can't even. He's calling to leave a message. Master he knows troll. we're going to play on the show, and he still has to cuss it. Yeah, yeah. You know he did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. His Our, troll level is just amazing. I, I was, I cried yeah. a little. 
just a little bit. But. He's, he's not really sick. He's just, he was trying to do one of those stunts about if I wasn't here, it would all fall apart and then they'd know that they need me. So yeah. we replaced you with one of the guys <laughs> kinda, from the Masonic round table. backfired on him <laughs> in the best way possible. Harlan, yeah. what's the, uh, what's the difference between an Irish wedding and an Irish funeral? Uh-oh. One less drunk. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this guy's a junior oh, warden man. in his lodge. And he wants to know how he can avoid becoming master in two years. He feels he's not ready for it. He's still new in his lodge. I'd say that you could stop coming to lodge, but I don't know if that's going to help. Hmm. I think you may just be done no. for. You don't think there's a more tactful way? Yeah. Or any way? No, the chair's coming for you. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, Might as well prepare now. That was easy. <laughs> that's that's really the best answer I have, man. I thought I was going to have 15 or 20 years in this lodge before yeah. I find myself up there. And then, well, what do you know? It took like five. So, it's, Well, he should, he should actually feel very good because my lodge, for the first 25 years of its existence, had the, exact, had the same worshipful master for all 25 of those years. So he should be happy. He's got one year. It's not a life commitment. <laughs> Well, you know, when we, uh, when we all, most of the guys that you've heard on the After Lodge podcast, uh, joined this lodge, this place was, uh, well, it's, it's not what it is. It wasn't what it is today. Um, there's been a rebirth. It was almost uh, zombie. Yeah. It was, it was about to merge with another lodge. So anyway, what I'm getting at is, uh, as producer Marshall, uh, was raised to the sublime degree of Master Mason about six months before I was. Uh, the elect, yeah, cause I was raised in November, which would have put him sometime in April or so. And that December he was elected to senior warden, uh, and was master the next year. So, uh, that's just an illustration to paint to, he got thrown under the Masonic bus. Yeah. To paint to our, our brother asking this question that uh, you should just be grateful that you have time. I mean, he's still got a year and a half. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish Marsha was here now so he could tell him to quit being a baby <laughs> right. and man up. Cause right. <laughs> he had to. Either that or he could just sneak off to shrine. You know I mean? That's, yeah. that, that's usually a way to do it. Back in my day, we only had one year to prepare for being a master. <laughs> well, it's been better <laughs> since then. Uh, he went to the West and then it was because our, our guy in the South, uh, refused to move on, so he said, "I'm going to sit in the south for another year, or I'm out." Hmm. So he stayed like there, guy. and then there was a guy in front of me, and then I ended up as junior warden or junior warden, uh, junior deacon. So I was the first guy in this lodge in a long time to go through all of the major chairs before becoming master. Uh, and that, that was just part of that rebuilding process. Lucky. Yeah, well, you you did nice. get skimped around because our senior deacon left. So Bruce went from I have skipped three chairs. He went from junior deacon to really three and a junior half. Junior warden. How's that three? You were junior deacon, weren't you? Uh, for half a year. Oh, yeah. Now you're junior warden. So there you go. Well, I, was, I was counting like, the two before. Oh, I didn't count deacon. those. I was never a steward either. Since um, that that was the one I wanted. Remember? Yeah, that, that was the one we had agreed on before. Lodge that night before remember? Johnny Potts screwed up the uh-huh. election. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Johnny. <laughs> you're going to sit in that chair and you're going to like it because I know Johnny Potts. Right. Yeah. So, Nick, do you, nice. uh, 
Do you have anything anything else you want to bring before this this after lodge studio? Since uh, you were kind enough to join us, we'll we'll give you some time to plug the you can, you can round plug table, your, your nougaty chocolate bar, if you'd like, and that too. You know, I would love to. Now the uh, the delicious chocolate of Switzerland is considered by many to be the greatest chocolate ever. And uh, we cannot also forget the delicious Rice Krispies grown in the beautiful region of the Carolinas. And now when you combine them together, they create a harmonious and delicious combination known as the Nick Your buddy no that's not how it why, do, why do you say it all but, slow like that nick because if you say it fast it sounds like something else and then people get in trouble at work so instead we'll say nick, no no it's your cool. buddy it's cool we have a brother in seattle who is our uh who's our official black ambassador now uh in fact uh jason and i are soon to be made honorary black men so um there's there's nothing offensive to be had here uh, Yay. Nick, just make sure you you <laughs> make the hard K sound when you're saying the name of the Nicker <laughs> Buddy Bar. Yeah, and then be sure to <laughs> wash it down with a can of delicious Canada Dry Tin. Same great taste, but only ten <laughs> calories. But I don't have diabetes. You will after you eat a couple Nicker Buddy Bars. It's getting oh, late. Man. Everyone's oh, getting slap man. happy. Man. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Did you want to? Did you want to plug your plug your show for a for a moment? Or, well, now what kind of plug do you want? Do you want the usual plug, or do you want? We want a uh, Nick plug. Give us a Nick short. plug. I, I I don't care. It's it's mostly just to to get Jason going. So, uh, and so our nice. listeners will know about your show. By the way, we're we're not merely using you as a prop to uh, antagonize my co-host. Wouldn't want you to think that. <laughs> Well, you know, actually, I would have done it just for that. So, you know, that's why you don't, did do don't it. feel you were bad. All, you were all hesitant on the phone earlier today until I explained what was going on. I was thinking you weren't yeah. going to bite. And then I told you this story. And he's like, no, nah, I'll be there. <laughs> what time? Yep. yep I'm in. Pretty much. Let's do it. I was like, oh, man, can I can I talk like Jason, too? Oh, man, we should have done that show. That, been worst awesome. that, oh, that is the worst accent I've ever done. We'll, we'll do that next time, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I like that. And I'm I'm from Pike Mountain, and <laughs> Irish something, and there you go. It's it's like he's in the room. I, he it might is, as well be here. It is. He's here in spirit. That's, that's uh, pretty perfect. And this has been an interesting proof of concept for our uh, our new remote uh, guest system. So maybe we can use this more in the future. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we yeah, keep interrupting. We delay so much. Oh yeah, we're, we we got to find out how to fix that. There's probably a better solution oh, somewhere. Yeah, Nick, talk about your show for for yeah. a few seconds. All right, sure. Uh, I am on the uh, the podcast known as. Oh, uh, first, I should say thank you guys for letting me on. Um, you know, it was one. Of, this is this is really fun. So uh, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, well, anyway, I'm on a show called the Masonic Roundtable. Uh, we air live on Tuesdays at 9 Central, I think, 10, yeah, 9 Central, 10 Eastern, you know, and then just work your math back from there. And, uh, yeah, we, we talk about different uh, issues. We're kind of a topical show, so we take one topic at a time. 
And so, you know, it's fun. We've got uh, Robert Johnson on there, who's from the Whence Came You podcast. Uh, Juan Sepulveda, who's from the uh, um, uh, Winding Stairs and also FreemasonryArt.com. Uh, we have Jason Richards, who writes a blog, 24-inch ruler. And uh, we have our, our master of ceremonies, John Ruark, who is a past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. The same one as friend of the show of After Lodge. The past master. Hmm. So no. Yeah. Dun dun dun. I I'm not even joking. One more conspiracy no. for the pod. <laughs> that is like, well, you happen to be a uh, friend of your local buddy, uh, Jason's man crush, Tiki Jack. Correct. I I am, and uh, you know if Tiki's listening, uh, I have offered your services to be on the show at some time when. Uh, Whenever you're available. So maybe next week since I won't don't. be here and Jason will return fire. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's perfect. Oh man. That'll be a beautiful show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be uh down soaking it up in Disney World alone. Which which brings me to another <laughs> point. I, I thought about what I was gonna try to do while I was there, right? I've never been to Disney World. I can't take my wife or daughter, my daughter's too young. I'm at this conference, but I'm like, what am I gonna do in the down hours? So I thought for about five seconds of reliving my childhood because it'd be funny and, and making up this experience I missed. And just and so, like a 10-year-old. Like yeah, so I was going to put on some short shorts and like buy some Mickey Mouse ears and some balloons and walk around the take theme a park. Pack. Yeah, and wait in line for like one of the cool rides, like the teacups or something. There you go. And then I saw in my vision of this some FBI agents walking me out of the park, and so I guess I'm just going to go to a bar. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of already on that list anyway, so... <laughs> Well, All Nick, right, Mister Creepy, you're out of here. <laughs> Did I ever? Yeah. T- I'll, okay, I'll tell you a quick story. My my wife and I were down at Disney World um, for our honeymoon, you know, and so uh, we were down there. And I'm not even kidding. We we go down and we're at the Morocco Pavilion. So they have all these different country pavilions, and we sit down and uh, we're we're just chatting with with one of the people. And this this lady comes in and says, "Hey, hey, you." We're looking for the the Moscow Pavilion. He's like Moscow. Mo- no, no, this is Morocco. <laughs> so this ain't Moscow. No, Morocco. Hey, ma, it ain't Moscow. It's Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> and for the rest of the time, my wife and I are apologizing, saying we are not all like this. Trust me. <laughs> oh boy, we did a we did a lot of that. My wife and I in the Dominican because there aren't a lot of Americans at that resort. And then uh, there were a few and they were they were kind of like that. And all these French people were judging us. So they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they thought we were French for a while. So I don't know what that says. Uh, If Jason was here, that wouldn't be a good thing. Because like (laughs) the waiter came up and started talking to us in French and then realized we weren't French and then looked all disappointed. (laughs) So... (laughs) Oh, man, we, oh. He was so well-dressed. How can he be from America? I cannot believe this. I was so excited. Yeah, so uh, I think man. I think that's, that's everything we can cover tonight because, uh, you know, Bruce has to get up and carry the milk in the morning. That's true. So. It comes early. Anything else, anybody? It, a, it makes the body good, so. There you go. Anybody at all? No. All right. Well, I want to uh, thank thank Nick again for joining us. Um, yeah, I'm Nick, sure we, we appreciate you coming on. Sure, it won't be the last time. Well, with thank my... 
newfound yeah i hope not powers <laughs> yeah we we just now managed to get all of this to work in a somewhat decent way uh we've tried this before and it it ended poorly so this was a this was a good experience uh thanks again nick and uh I don't know. Nick, have you ever heard the Ray Stevens song about the Shriners convention? Heard it. I embedded it in a blog post about four years ago. (laughs) Fantastic. You're about to hear it again. So uh, this has been episode 67 of the After Lodge podcast brought to you from the smoke-filled back room of your local lodge. You can find the show notes for this and every episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Lodge. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Did I get that right? I said the you right did. one this time. Pound All sign right. Freemasonry. Pound sign Freemasonry. That place has been bumping lately, and neither of you two have been in there. What's um, IRC? What's IRC? Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, email us at afterlodge at gmail.com. And Reddit. And uh, Well, nobody's really on Reddit. Reddit sucks. <laughs> but we are on the Freemasonry <laughs> as well as the After Lodge subreddits. You can find us just about everywhere. So until next week, brothers, hopefully Jason will be back. He won't actually die because uh, I don't know what I would hopefully do. Hopefully is a strong word. I don't know what I'd do like without amusement. be back. Yeah, it's more likely than not right. that he'll be back. Hmm. Fingers crossed. So we'll see you next week, brothers. Thanks again, Nick. Good night, uh, everybody. Drums are flailing and sirens are wailing, what a roar. Bands are playing, flags are waving, vanguards and motorcycles pour. Clowns are reclining to the crowd and pinching every pretty girl who dares to smile. It's a glorious mess, everybody wears a fizz, the parade stretches out for a mile. It's a typical American phenomenon where all the members have a final time. It's the 43rd annual convention of the Grand Mystic Royal Order of the Nobles of the Alibaba Temple of the Shrine. Hello, operator. Give me room 321, please. Thank you. Hello, Noble Lumpkin. This here is the Luster's Potentate. I said it's the Luster's Potentate. The Luster's Coy. Dad, blame it, this bubble. Go why wasn't you at the parade? What? Well, how'd you get that big Harley up there in your room? What? I can't hear you, Coy. Quit revving it up, son. Turn it off. Listen, I just want you to know one thing. You have embarrassed us all, the whole Hey Hira delegation. Now, I'll see you at the banquet tonight, son, and you be there, Coy. You hear me? Black tie, 7 o'clock. Be there, and Coy, don't answer the phone. Uddin', uddin'. Oh, mercy. Well, it was all arranged by the ladies' auxiliary in the downtown convention hall. Cold roast beef, string beans, mashed potatoes, and nine boring speeches and all. And all the tables looked fine with the Moke and David wine and chrysanthemums on each side. And the hay hire leaders in the rented tuxedos made the local heart swell with pride. It's a typical American phenomenon where all the members have a final time. It's the 43rd annual convention of the Grand Mystic Royal Order of the Nobles of the Alibaba Temple of the Shrine. <laughs> Operator 321, please. Thank you. Hello, Coy. 
What are you doing? What do you mean, who is this? This is Bubba. Why wasn't you at the banquet? What do you mean all you had to wear was a high volume flarity shirt? Well, you may think you're fooling some people, but I know what's going on. Yeah, and everybody's seen the little redhead. That's right, everybody. Why, she come running right through the dinner, right in the middle of the pineapple sherbet. Didn't have nothing on but your fez, Coy. Coy, you the only one's got a fez with a propeller on top. Yeah, yeah, and she's yelling out the secret code too, Coy. Dead blame it, we're going to have to change it now. Coy, we're going to have to have a spatial meeting when we get back to Hey Hyra about your conduct at this here convention. Embarrassing. Now, Coy, you be at the secret conclave tonight, you hear me? And Coy... Keep it a secret. Oh. Well, it was a secret meeting in the dead of the night with mysterious sanctimony. In accordance with prescribed rituals of time-honored ceremony. Matters of grave concern were weighed with dedicated caution. Like whether or not to raise it, stood or draw or spit in the ocean. It's a typical American phenomenon where all the members have a final time. It's the 43rd annual convention of the Grand Mystic Royal Order of the Nobles of the Alibaba Temple of the Shrine. Operator, room 320. How'd you know? Oh. Hello, Coy. Where have you been? Knew you wasn't at the meeting. Well, I found out that at 3 o'clock this morning, you was out there in your fruit of the looms in the motel swimming pool with a bunch of them waitresses from the cocktail lounge. I just hope your mama don't find out about this, Coy. What? Well, how'd you get that big motorcycle up there on the high dive, Coy? Now, Coy, Dad, blame it, that ain't no way to act. We're supposed to be pillars of the community. When we get back to Hay High Run, you can just turn in your ring and your tie tag, because, Coy, <laughs> you are out of the shrine. You're going to be blackballed, boy. That's right. You might even have to pack your bags and leave town. What do you mean you might join the Hells Angels? Coy, don't you hang up on me. Hello, hello. Don't you crank that motorcycle. Who's that giggling in the background, boy? Hello, hello. Operator, yeah, we've cut off. Room 321. Yeah, blame it. Coy, you don't hang up on the lustrous postman. I said the lustrous postman.